You're listening to Titans Time, the tailor-made podcast for all Tennessee Titans fans. Welcome back to Titans Time. I'm your host, Tanner Staggs. Joining me, as always, my co-host, Tyler Staggs. Tyler, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing, Tanner? I'm doing great. Uh, We're recording this podcast virtually, of course, because you are in North Carolina. We explained that in our YouTube video earlier today. By the way, by the way, everybody go check that YouTube video out. We give our expectations for the receivers and tight ends for the Titans in this upcoming season. Today we've got an exciting episode. Uh, We're going to talk about the Tennessee Titans defense as a whole, our expectations for the unit as a whole. But before that, Tyler, I know that you have something to say. So guys, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, leave us that five-star rating, and leave some comments for us. Let us know how we're doing, anything else you'd like to hear, and just anything we can improve on. So let's talk about the Titans defense. This is something we have been breaking down for a while, probably three the past three weeks, uh, other than the Gerald McGrath podcast, which was super fun. Uh, we've been talking about the Tennessee Titans defense. So we should know them front and back, upside down by now. And now we, we, we're going to talk about them as a whole because we have been breaking it down by position. So now just, just the whole group and where we think that they'll rank in the NFL, where we think that they, you know, what kind of numbers we think that they'll put up. So, Tyler, why don't we go ahead and get started, and we'll talk about our projections for the Titans defense interception-wise. I'm going to have the Titans defense finishing the 2020-2021 season with 23 interceptions. You know, going back to our past podcast where we gave our expectations for each positions group, I have the secondary getting 18 interceptions. I have our middle linebackers getting four interceptions. And I even have uh, one of our edge rushers getting an interception. And just to put that total number of interceptions into perspective for people, going back to last season, the Patriots led the NFL with 25 interceptions. And following them was the Steelers with 20 interceptions. You know, if you compare these numbers to last year, that would put the Titans second in the league in interceptions. You know, I just really think, and, you know, on our YouTube channel, we're covering our expectations for the offense position groups and the offense as a whole coming up. I believe we're going to be putting up a lot of points on teams this year. And, that's going to cause these teams to hopefully be playing from behind and have to throw the ball more. And I just see that leading to our defense getting more opportunities to pick the ball off. And I think the numbers are going to go up. I believe in 2019, we finished with 14 interceptions. So, you know, I think we're going to increase that total by nine this year. And like I said, finish with 23. I'm going to say that we go a little higher than that. Uh, I think that we'll finish with 26 interceptions, which, of course, like you said, that would have beat the Patriots last season. Uh, The Patriots put up 25. And a lot of people were early in the season, we were talking about this earlier, were kind of mentioning the Patriots is, you know, is this this the best defense of all time? And 
I, I kind of wanted to comment on that real quick. There are teams in, in past seasons in the NFL that would have made this number I'm projecting for the Titans look like nothing. I mean, mid forties, closer to to fifty. You know, I mean, the the upper forties and in interceptions in one season. There are teams that are that are putting up those kinds of numbers. So twenty six is is really not that far out to predict for the Tennessee Titans, especially when you have Kevin Byard, who any given season that he comes out and plays in the NFL could easily go get ten interceptions, just like I, I mentioned on our secondary podcast. So, so Kevin Byard could go out and do that. You've, you've got talented cornerbacks like Adoree Jackson, Malcolm Butler, uh, and Christian Fulton. So with, with the, that combination of those guys, this number of interceptions is, is just very, very realistic. It can happen, especially, you know, you mentioned Kevin Byard, who both of us, you know, if our bold predictions were to come true for him, you know, he can easily account for the majority of those interceptions. Um, you know, I think he's going to be back there looking for the ball and attacking it. You know, we're not very far off on our predictions for him. You know, me with 23, you with 26. So, I think uh, – you know, I said kind this of common for us lately. We're going to have to find some things that we disagree on. Going to have to. Uh, but I think the secondary – I even said it in our podcast for them. Our secondary can finish – will be a top five secondary in the league. Um, I really believe that. I mean, we have the best safety in the league with Kevin Byard. So, I think the rest of the secondary will follow suit. I mean, e- even saying that, what do you what do you think about the possibility that this could turn out to be one of the best secondary groups like of all time? I mean, if Christian Fulton comes in and plays at a level that that we think that he can play. And then you already have a Dory Jackson who could make the step up to elite this season. Malcolm Butler, who, if he can stay healthy, is a really good cornerback. And then, I mean, maybe they trade for Jamal Adams. I don't know. I don't really care if they do or not. But you have still have Kenny Vaccaro, who's great. I am very big on our secondary. And obviously, being a Titans fan, you know, might be a little biased towards them. Um, as far as being one of the best secondaries ever i mean with the young talent that that they have and their potential that could happen then again you have to go back and look at some of these secondaries from past years i mean you have uh the seahawks when they had sherman chancellor um earl thomas i mean just and I can't think of who their I'm other trying to think cornerback. Of who other, yeah, who that other cornerback was. Um, and I can't think of the name right now. But you know, you look at that secondary group, and that was a very strong secondary group, and you know, are considered, I believe, probably one of the best secondary groups ever. They could have the potential to do that. I'm not going to come out and say. You know, right now that they Brandon Browner, Byron Maxwell, that's uh, right, or some of the other cornerbacks on that team. So I'm not going to say right now that they will end up being one of the best secondaries in history, but they do have that potential just and the amount of talent that these guys have. I wouldn't disagree with that. Uh, I mean, I kind of just brought that up as kind of like a conversational 
point. I don't think that that this next season they're they're gonna be one of the best secondaries ever, but that'd be that'd be really good. No, it's one of those things where the talent that they have, they're still young enough, especially, you know, Christian Fulton, he's gonna have to come into his own in the league, you know, let him develop some. And in a couple of years, uh, especially if these guys stay together and own the Titans, then, you know, we may be saying in a couple of years, yes, this could arguably be one of the best secondaries that we've ever seen. But as far as this upcoming year, no, I don't – I can't see that happening. So I've got the Titans with 48 sacks this next season, which is up from 43 last season. And 48, if you put that up against the other teams in the NFL from last season, that would have ranked them fifth. All right. Well, I have the Titans defense finishing with 51 total sacks this next year. I have uh, the secondary. Which would have tied them for third with the the New Orleans Saints. It would have tied them for third. Uh, I have the secondary getting five and a half sacks. Uh, I have our middle linebackers adding four sacks to that. And our edge and D-line, I have getting 41 and a half sacks. So just the edge and the D-line alone, I have almost getting the same amount of sacks as the Titans defense as a whole had last year. Landry is going to come out even better this year. I think you know, like we talked about, I think Vic Beasley is going to have a big impact. You know, when we were given our expectations for the D-line and edge rushers, I told you that I think that Beasley and Landry will both have double-digit sacks this year. I just think that that's going to be the Titans' mindset going into this next year is making sure they get after the quarterback and finding – defensive schemes to make that happen do you think they can have such a dramatic flip like that from having trouble getting sacks to being a team that finishes top five in sacks or top three well even when you look back at last year 43 isn't necessarily bad I mean it didn't have them in the top five but at the same time it didn't have them in the bottom half of the league I don't believe it seems so, like at times they were good, and at times they weren't just average the whole time. At times they were good, and at times they were they were just bad. Right, and I guess we focus on it more because of the most recent game being the AFC Championship game and how much time uh, Patrick Mahomes had back there in the backfield. I think regular season they were better at getting after you know the quarterback and – I mean, really, I have them improving their total by eight from last year. And they added Vic Beasley to this team. And, yes, they did lose uh, Casey and Logan Ryan. But I think by adding Beasley, they could easily add eight more sacks to their total from last year. Losing Logan Ryan is another thing that I want to ask you about uh, as far as that sack total goes because you've got – you said you had the secondary with five and a half – um, where do you see that coming from with Logan Ryan not on the team anymore? Of course, he had like four, four and a half last season, which would have made up the majority of, of the secondary. I had um, the sacks in, from the secondary being more spread out. I think I had Kevin Byard with one. I think I had Christian Fulton with like one and a half. I'm trying to think of who else I had 
getting some sacks. I just had it being more spread out than what the secondary so, would have been last year. So, I mean, you kind of feel like that instead of, you know, they would send Logan Ryan last season, they might kind of just mix and match and send some different people. I think they will miss, mix and match it um, because, you know, which obviously if he had four and a half sacks, you know, they were doing some great play calling and he was in great position. But if teams are – he's, he's wasn't that fast, so there's no way he's right. just getting around. I there. mean, say they have Christian Fulton kind of in that slot corner spot this year and have him blitzing and teams know, okay, when we see him lined up here, more than likely he's coming. But you could throw the scheme out there where you put him in that same position that he's blitzed from several times and maybe bring Byard off the opposite side and teams not see it coming and he could get a sack then. But so it seems like it would be much easier for, like, you know, it would be harder for Dory Jackson on the outside to come in and get a sack than it would be for Logan Ryan, like right there closer to the line of, or to the, to the offensive lineman in that slot position. He's kind of has a better angle to, to come at it. I just I think that the Titans will find a way defensively to scheme up blitzes and get more of their secondary involved and the sack totals by the secondary will just be more spread out. This is something else that we need to talk about. How much is the scheme gonna change with Mike Vrabel? I mean, him and I think Shane Bowen are gonna be mainly the guys that are kind of scheming up the defense. So, I mean, do we think that that's going to change really a whole lot? Or I think that Brable, especially last season, probably gathered as much knowledge as he could from Dean Pease. I think he would have really picked his brain last year. And, you know, a couple months ago, whenever we first found out that he was going to be calling more of the defense. I was a little nervous about it, but I'm going to trust him, and I'm going to trust that, you know, he learned from Dean Pease. Do you think think he probably knew that Dean Pease was going to leave, and so he was kind of already preparing throughout last season to kind of take over that role? Obviously, I don't have any insider information to really be able to give a 100% answer on that. Just my gut feeling, I'm going to say that they had probably talked about it some because, I mean, if you think about it, if it was me, if I was the defensive coordinator and I was getting on up there and knew I was going to be retiring and I'm with this team and I want to see them continue to have success, I'm going to do everything I can to pass on my knowledge to the head coach and let him know, hey, this is probably going to be my last year with you. I'm going to retire and let him get any bit of knowledge from me that he wants to get. And I think Brable, you know, if he did know that it was going to be Dean Pease's last year, that he, you know, he had to have picked his brain and is going to have something up his sleeve for this next year. And I think just in general, Mike Vrabel was probably already more involved in the defense last season than people would would generally think. 
Uh, I think he was probably a lot more hands-on with, with the defense, especially with him being – I mean, he's a defensive guy. So, he's – you know, offensively, he's probably not that hands-on. And if you heard him last season when uh, – um, what's his the, – the kicker that was injured and then came back, and I don't know why his name has, has slipped my mind because – Suck up. Yeah, Ryan Suckup. Because it's such – I mean, he's a really, like, known kicker in the NFL. But um, when he was having some issues, I mean, you could tell, like, when people would ask Vrabel about those those issues and how they were going about fixing them, uh, he really – you know, he's he's not a special teams guy, definitely not a kicker guy. He's a defense guy. So he's probably a lot more hands-on with the defense than anything else. And something that he mentioned when he was on – the helipod with uh, Dan Helly, all those defensive calls are coming through his headset. So he was hearing all of them every game day. He he knows what's being called in what situation. And I mean, basically with that going through his headset, he's approving of those calls. Like he's, if he heard something that he didn't like, he would probably have spoken up about it or, or, or something I would imagine. Or he at least made notes on it to see whether or not it worked. Exactly. And yeah. Whether or not they should come back to it later in the game. Exactly. Just, so jumping from the sacks um, to what do you think as far as you know still getting in the backfield tackles for loss? How do you see the Titans' defense faring this year? I'm gonna go with like 78, and and this number really is just like it kind of depends on well for one how much our team is running against you, how good are your defensive lineman at shedding blocks and well for one we've got Isaiah Sim- or um Jeffrey Simmons not Isaiah Simmons that would be nice though having Isaiah Simmons for one we've got Jeffrey Simmons who's really good at getting off blocks and getting into the backfield uh to, to tackle running backs uh in the backfield and we've got Isaiah Mack I think I was trying to combine those two is what I was trying to I do. think you were uh we've got Isaiah Mack who is could really start to come into his own this next season. I think 78 is up a bit from last season. I'm not really sure what they had. You might know. Um, I actually don't know how many. I think it was 73. I want to say 73. But I think they'll be up a little bit. You know, tackles for loss is a good stat to, to gauge how well you're doing against the run. But it, it's not – it doesn't 71. tell all. 71. It, it doesn't tell all. So, um, for me, which I have my total is it's down a little bit from last year, but part of that is because I didn't think as much about like the secondary getting in the backfield and getting some tackles for loss. Uh, for me, I have the defense right now with 55 uh Ooh, total tackles for loss. That's way it is, but like I said, I have. I only have 14 coming from our middle linebackers. I have 30 coming from our edge rushers and 11 from our defensive line. So, like I said, secondary, I didn't have them thrown in there. Um, I might could see them adding maybe another, another 10 to 15 in there. Um, you know, I'm not really going to break it down on who all I think will get what. I just think, you know, maybe the secondary, even if it's on some of those blitzes, can get back there and throughout the season add another total 10 tackles for loss. So, 
that would put me in around the 65 total range. I just think that more of our, we're going to be focused more on the sacks and getting after the quarterback. And that might knock our numbers down for tackles for loss. You know, it might take that number down some. Well, and, and again, tackles for loss is not really something that you just can can buy into too much because, like I said, it's not a, really like a tell-all stat about how you're playing against the run. Daquan Jones, I mean, he really – he gets some tackles for loss, but he's not going to lead the league, and yet he's a really good run defender. Um, right. You know, we – more of our defensive line guys are – when we gave our predictions, I had them – their impact showing up more on the tape than it does the stat sheet. Even if they're just making a running back cut back to a different lane where we have one of our linebackers waiting, he may still get a gain of one or two. So I guess that's why my numbers might be down a little bit from last year in the tackles for loss is I just have these guys, if they're not making it there, they are having some kind of impact on the run, but the running back, may still gain a yard or two. Well, and this is something that we talked about about Derrick Henry before. Even with like a running back, you know, a six-foot human. And with Derrick Henry, you throw a few extra inches in there. But a six-foot human, and say someone cuts them off in the backfield, they cut back, just falling forward, if not getting them back to the line of scrimmage, gets them a yard or two, maybe not a yard or two, but like a half yard or a yard past the line of scrimmage because – I mean, you have two yards of human just right there falling forward immediately. Right. So, I mean, I, I don't know. It's just – it's one of those things that we've talked about with Derrick Henry where he's he can just fall forward and, and get extra yardage because he's so big that him falling forward just, like, will kind of push people back. Right. So, I mean, he can get that extra yardage just by falling forward. But this is a defensive podcast – uh, some other stats that I want to throw out there, 16 forced fumbles, uh, which would be up from 11 last year, and it would be tied for eighth in the NFL if you compared it to other teams' stats last season. And three defensive touchdowns, up from two, and would be second if you compared it to team stats last season. All right, forced fumbles. Again, this is another stat where I have them uh, going down a little bit. I have them with eight forced fumbles three fumble recoveries, but the reason I have that number going down is because I believe our offense is going to be putting up points on opposing teams, and hopefully for the majority of our games, those teams are going to be playing from behind and are going to be throwing the ball more, which I think will lead to us having more interceptions than – Force fumbles. But touchdown-wise, I am going a little bit more than you. I'm going to say five total defensive touchdowns. And I believe – pretty sure that would have led the league. That I, think, the league. I think Bayard will have a pick six this year. I can also see Malcolm Butler – or a Dory Jackson one uh, getting a pick six. Um, and I think that Jayon Brown and Rashawn Evans are going to do what they done last year and 
recover a fumble and take it for six. Uh, I, I want to correct something I said earlier. If the Titans had three touch, three uh, defensive touchdowns next season, uh, if you compare that to, to teams from last season, I said it would have been second. It would have actually tied them for first with uh, the Patriots, the 49ers, and the New York Jets, surprisingly. Very surprisingly. But something else I want to talk about, uh, who do you think a couple of the best defenses in the NFL are and why? I mean, we were talking about this earlier. I do think that the Patriots' defense will still be – yeah, really good. good again. Uh, I, you know, I'm not going to say they, I'm not going to hype them up like last year and say that, like teams were saying earlier in the year, that that's going to be one of the best defenses we've ever seen. But I am going to give them credit and say that um, they will be probably a top five defense in the league. Uh, the Steelers are another defense that. I think will be really good. If they're not the top defense, they'll be top three more than likely. Um, I believe it was uh, Titan Upload. Titan Upload. Really broke down how good their defense is going to be. And you've wrote an article on their defense. Yeah, and I I mentioned Titan Upload in that article because that video was really good. Uh, I was actually, I was, what I was wanting to do is I wanted to just write an article highlighting that game because it's a game that I was excited for. And then I really wanted to highlight how good their defense is going to be because I think single-handedly their defense could win them a couple of games just by themselves. Right. And I mean, if you think about it, going back to, you know, just looking at that Steelers franchise, there have been times where their defenses have been just yeah, insane I mean, and really led that team. But, you know, guys, if you hadn't checked out Titan Uploads video about the Steelers, definitely need to go check that out. Like Tanner said, it's a really good video. Yeah, he does a good job of breaking it down. Uh, I think that there's going to be three teams that could potentially be – the best defense in the league or have the best defense in the league next season. I really think that it's going to come down to these three teams. Uh, and that's the Steelers, the new England Patriots and the Baltimore Ravens. And my reason for that is because I'm really, really high on Patrick queen coming in as a rookie. And yeah, I, I was going to say the Ravens as well. Uh, that was another team that I left out there. Yeah. I think it was Lamar Jackson that said Patrick queen could be like next Ray Lewis or, or whatever. I don't know about that because Ray Lewis is it, – it's Ray Lewis. Man, that's putting a lot of pressure on a young guy coming into the league. And I thought Especially people, for, the, for the same organization that Ray Lewis played for. Exactly. For, for one, that's almost like putting C.D. Lamb in, in the number 88 in Dallas. You yep. can't just bring – First of all, you don't know how people are going to react when they get into the NFL. It's a that's got to be a different experience than than any of these guys have ever had. Even if they went to a big college, going to the NFL is what they've been working towards their whole life. So once they get there, and you put these huge expectations on them like that, I mean, there's no guarantee that they're they're you know they're going to live up to that. I have have kind of been shying away from or like earlier right after the draft I was hopping up Darrington Evans a lot 
and I've kind of been shying away from that recently, not because I don't think that he's going to be a good player. I do, but we, we haven't even got to training camp yet. I mean, we're not even there yet. Everything from college says, yeah, he's going to be really good, and he's going to be really good beside Derrick Henry. But, you know, we, we don't know that yet. We don't know that yet. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so you say that those three teams will be competing for the best defense, in your opinion. Now, I want to know, where do you think overall defense – wise the titans are going to rank this next season i think that you could safely say that they will be in the top eight all right again one of these things we hadn't talked about this but i was thinking top eight i believe they will be in that five to eight range somewhere and they and they could fall a little farther than that just because of some of the teams they play. I mean, you got to look. They play the Ravens. They play uh, the, the Vikings are an offense that you kind of need to watch out for. Um, trying to think of who else on their schedule. Steelers really aren't going to be that great off. The Cleveland Browns, uh, the Browns offensively. I mean, okay, so think about this. The Titans play against the Browns. And, of course, last year we know what they did against the Browns in week one. Um, but they play against the Browns. Odell Beckham Jr., for one, had like some a sports hernia injury in the preseason last year and played through that the whole season. He just now had surgery on it recently, and he's now fully recovered. So a one, he was like not even a shell of himself last year. So a fully healthy Odell. And then you've got Austin Hooper to add to those tight ends. Austin Hooper and Joku. You've also got Jarvis Landry. And then you've got Nick Chubb and um, Kareem Hunt. So at, at the skilled positions, tight end, wide receiver, running back, they at each of those positions, they have two players that could possibly be elite. I mean, right. the, the Browns, it, it didn't go so well for them last year. But I really do think that they could turn it around. And I think it's a team that the Titans need to watch out for next year when, when they play the Browns. I mean, they, they definitely don't need to underestimate them. No, they don't need to under, underestimate them. Um, I think the Browns you know, can come in kind of like the Ravens are probably going to view uh, their game against the Titans. I mean, it's kind of like a revenge game for them, you know, Last season with the Titans done to open up the season against the Browns. I mean, you know that that team was flat-out embarrassed by the Titans in that opening game. And they're going to remember that game and want to come out and prove something against this Titans team. I was looking back uh, through, uh, you know, the stats from last year for where, like, where the Titans ranked. And – pretty much their offense against the pass and run, you know, they they were kind of in the middle of the pack for the most part. Their defense? Uh, yeah, their defense. Um, as far as passing yards allowed per game, they ranked 24th. Uh, granted, they were dealing with some injuries in the secondary, had to ask some guys to step up. And against the run – like I said, they were pretty much 
middle of the pack on that. So, you know, I might be taking a uh, pretty large step in thinking that this defense is going to finish as a top five to top eight defense. But, you know, like you said, they could fall back maybe not necessarily to the middle of the pack, but a little bit further back than what we're thinking. But I don't know. I just have really high expectations for that defense this year, especially if everyone is able to stay healthy. Well, and of course, I mean, we're very optimistic for for these players. You know, a lot of people will come out and say the the, the Titans' defensive line could use some – after losing Jero Casey, that's a need at the offensive line. Well, we say, you know, we kind of come back and we're like, well, I mean, they got Isaiah Mack, you know. And these are players that to most people – or not probably maybe not to most people, but if you're on the outside looking in and you don't really know the Titans, that's like us looking at, let's just take, for example, the Cleveland Browns, looking at one of their backup defensive linemen. And to Browns fans, they might be like, well, I mean, this guy was an undrafted free agent. He's got a lot of potential. But to us, we're like, I don't know who's that guy. I mean. Right. So. You know, and we've been looking over – you know, especially this Titans defense and us breaking them down by position group. I think our middle linebackers of Jayon Brown, Rashawn Evans, and David Long Jr., I think they're one of the best, you know, middle linebacker cores in the league. Um, secondary, you know, we talked about, I think Kevin Byard's the best safety in the league. I think that the secondary has the potential to be a top five secondary in the league just with the amount of talent that they have. Um, what do you think the weakest position group on this defense is? Did you say it's the defensive line? I would probably still have to go with the defensive line right now. Um, obviously, now, Does that free, change if they add Clowney? I was about to say, obviously, free agency is still going on. Um you know, still haven't heard anything about Clowney. I still have, uh, you know, I'm big on Everson Griffin. Hadn't heard any news about him. I don't even know if he's someone that the Titans would be looking at. But Well, Mike Rubel are, did come out and say every free agent that him and John Robinson have had talks about and, you know, if they would fit on the team, if they could improve the team. So I just – I think the D-line right now, while I do think they are going to, going to be in good hands with Daquan Jones and Simmons and Mack, um, while they are in good hands, these guys are still young for the most part. And I think that if they could add another veteran presence to that line since they did trade away Casey, that – that could help their D-line out a lot. But as of right now, just from how we broke down the position groups, I think that is probably still the weak link right there. Yeah, I, I would say so too. I mean, that I think that a Jadavion Clowney signing would change that most likely. And then it might be the secondary. I don't know. Because then, then I don't know, this defense, with a Jadavion Clowney signing or even Everson Griffin, like you mentioned, this defense probably bumps up to like a top three, top five at the lowest. I mean, like I said, if you look at the defense as a whole, 
compared to last year. You know, it's not really that the defense, as far as player-wise, is that different. I mean, obviously there are some players that have moved on, like Logan Ryan and Casey. But, you know, we dealt with injuries last year. And, you know, that may have been the thing that really made the most difference for us is we had Butler out, I believe, wasn't Adoree Jackson out? He was out games. for a few games. Uh, so, I mean, that hurts us. And I just believe that when we've sat down and broke these position groups down and really looked at the players that they have and the talent that these guys have, I mean, if they come out and play their best ball, these guys have the potential to, like we said, be one of the top defenses in the league. And, I mean, so, one thing that we – this is football. There's probably going to be an injury or two, at least. You just have to hope in that situation that the next man up is going to play well. And that can literally change a whole season for a team. Because say that the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, they come out week one, Mika Fitzpatrick goes down. I mean, that could change their whole season. Right there. TJ yeah. Watt goes down. Yeah, I mean, it's the same with any team. You could have your star player, whether it's on offense or defense, you can have those guys go down with an injury, and it can change the identity of your team. Next thing you know, the Titans are in a position to take Trevor Lawrence in the first round of the draft next season. So hopefully they will be able to go a little bit further than they did last season make it to the Super Bowl. Uh, I know that that would be awesome because, really, I've never seen the Titans do that in my lifetime. I have, but I was – no. I have No, nope, you wouldn't have been born yet. Wouldn't have been born yet. Uh, I haven't seen that in my lifetime. You have, but you were a child. So I was. It would be really cool. Uh, it would be awesome to see. One more thing, last thing that I want to talk about before we – end this we've been optimistic about the titans defense um what is your main concern for the titans defense going into next season my main concern is going to be the same thing that it's been since we first started up this podcast um several months ago and even if i did have their sack totals going up for the year my main concern for this defense is getting after the quarterback. And are we going to be able to put more pressure on a, on opposing quarterbacks this year? And while I have faith in Vrabel calling this defense, my next concern would be how is this the defensive scheme going to be without Dean Pease? But top concern is – are we actually, even though we've added pieces, are we going to be able to get after the opposing quarterback enough and get to him? My concern would be, like, so, yes, they in the playoffs, they played well against Lamar Jackson. They even played kind of well against Patrick Mahomes. Um, they played well against Tom Brady. So, my concern is going to be how well are they going to play throughout the season against some of the NFL's star players? Because 
Christian McCaffrey had a very good game against the Titans. I mean, they would have been facing DeAndre Hopkins twice a year still. And even if he's not necessarily putting up big numbers, just his impact on the game can, you know, make a difference. Yeah, and I'm, but I mean, just if they're able to take the stars out of the game, then they'll be in a really good spot. But, you know, now, I mean, Christian I have, McCaffrey had an absolute game. So, But that being said, even if they are able to contain some of these star players, you know, I can recall watching a couple games before where against the Texans where the Titans would do really good against DeAndre Hopkins, but then Will Fuller is burning us on the other side for, yeah. you know, a 70, 80-yard touchdown. Yeah. And so another one I was thinking about is Tyreek Hill. I mean, he had 157 in a touchdown, 11 receptions. If you had him on your fantasy football team, you probably won that week. These sometimes star players just have a really good game against the Titans defense. And of course, that's why they're star players because they have good games against the majority of teams. But right. I mean, we can say the same thing about like if we look at our offense and some of these star players that opposing defenses have to go against. I mean, you brought up that Chiefs game. Was that the regular season game? I believe. Yeah, that was where Tyreek Hill had that. Yeah, I think he had a good game in the postseason game too, though. Yeah, but I mean, you flip it, which I know we're talking about the defense, but you flip it and look at our offense. You know, Derrick Henry had a game game. against them in that regular season game. So, but. Yeah, I but, can see where you're coming from as yeah, far I mean, as the concern for the defense. Great defenses have the ability to shut down star players when they need to. So that's my concern is are they going to be able to do that when they need to? Um, that's all that we've got for today. I want to let you know that you need to check out our Twitter, Titans underscore Tom. Check us out on Instagram, Titans Time Podcast. Check out our website, Titans Time Podcast. Dot com because we have articles going up on there all the time and we've been working really hard on that. So de- definitely make sure that you check that out. Once again, like Tyler mentioned earlier, check out our YouTube. That's also Titans time podcast. Uh, subscribe to it, like our videos, comment on them. And guys, like he said, you know, if you go check out the website, make sure you check out his articles. He puts in a lot of work on these articles. I have to give him credit for this. You know, I slack sometimes on doing this, but it's every day he is doing his best to put out an article on our website. And I've went through and read them, and I believe he's putting out some really good content on those. Well, I think he's guys, also, like I said earlier, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, leave us the five-star rating, and leave us comments. Let us know how we're doing, anything we can improve on, and anything else you'd like to hear. This has been Titan's Time, and as always, Titan up.